Good morning. Happy Saturday. Happy division around playoff day. NFL show was late, but we still here. Shout out to Josh. Um, he is not available today. Got a lot going on. My man is moving. Um, so that y'all know if you've ever moved, you know that's a process. So I am here dolo today, and we're just gonna get into these playoffs real quick. And I'm gonna hit on a few of the hot topics from the week in the NFL this week. So let's get into it. Oh, I am Titus. Not the experts, by the way, in case you didn't know. Um, all right, so let's get into it, man. Uh, division around playoffs start today. Um, first game up at 435, we have the Green Bay Packers and the L.A. Rams. This is a very – and my picks are going to be out. Um, if you just don't care about my picks, you'll probably see them on Twitter later anyway. With our, our social medias, at NT Podcast, see our social medias, see we put our picks up. Levi takes care of all those beautiful graphics you see with our picks and everything. Um but I'm just going to go into a little detail with the picks because that's what we do on the NFL show. Um, so the Packers and the Rams, this is kind of tricky because I do think the Packers are a good team, but I do think they are a beatable team. The question is, can Jared Goff with his possibly still damaged thumb do enough to beat them in Lambeau? And how much – last week, truthfully, the Rams played great, right? But the Seattle Seahawks offense is not there in Rodgers, Matt LaFleur, Green Bay Packers offense, right? So I think that's an element that has to be considered in this, where as good as that defense was last week, I think they're playing a much better and smart offensive offensive team this week. So we'll see what happens with that. Um, the Ramsey and Devontae Adams matchup is going to be very interesting. I'm excited to see that, see how that looks. Got brighter. Uh, excited to see how that looks. Um, Aaron Jones in the running game, we'll see how that carries for the Packers today. I, I'm leaning towards the Packers here. I just think they're a better team, more complete team. I mean, it's hard for me to really trust the team and the Rams, no matter what they do, that loss to the Jets. Like, they lost to the Jets, man. Like, how, how can I ever trust you? You lost to the Jets. The Jets in 2020. That's, that's, that's not a thing you should do and be a playoff team. So I'm going with the Packers in that matchup. Uh, then tonight at – I had all these things in my news. There we go. Tonight at 8.15, we got the Baltimore Ravens and the Buffalo Bills. Um, that'll be interesting. Uh, Lamar Jackson got his playoff win, his much-needed playoff win, his three-year career because, you know, he couldn't win a big game. So he had to get a playoff win. I just these narratives are so stupid in, in sports sometimes, man. It's, and it's so pick-and-choosy. It's whatever. I don't want to get into that right now. But – uh, the Ravens are here after beating the Tennessee Titans last week. They looked – I was impressed and not impressed at the same time, <laughs> if that makes sense. Um, the Titans defense – you should score more than 20 points on the Titans defense. That's just what I believe. Maybe it's just a weird matchup for them, but I didn't like what they were doing early in the game. But they figured some things out as a coaching staff. They got together late. I think they did a pretty solid job with that. So – um, Greg Roman, who I've been very critical of, and people have been very critical of um, this season. I think he did a pretty solid job in that game. And Lamar Jackson just took over and became the best player on the field, which he is. Uh, Howard Brown's, um, Marquise Brown's going to have a <laughs> he's gonna have a tall task against um, Tredavious White in Buffalo Bills defense. Uh, yeah, I don't know how that's going to go. Um, we can learn a lot about him today, though. If, if he shows out, has a decent game today, we can really, really figure out a lot about him. As going forward, can he really be a true number one receiver? Because that's still a question that I personally have if he's a real number one receiver. 
uh, the Bills defense is very good. I mean, the offense, Josh Allen, I don't know if the Ravens if the Ravens will be able to get pressure on Josh Allen with four because you can't blitz him. You blitz Josh Allen, he destroys you. So I don't think blitzing is not going to be the best strategy, although they do like to blitz in these games, which is kind of a problem because it's not going to work. So they're going to have to hope they can get pressure with four and find some way to contain Stephon Diggs. The thing is the Bills have weapons. To me, the Bills remind me of – Honestly, they kind of the way they're playing this year. They kind of remind me of the seventeen Eagles team, just because of the way the offense seems to be clicking. Also, and the defense is doing what it needs to do to get the job done. They are a very scary team, I think, for anybody, including the Chiefs, who we'll get into in a little bit. I think they're a very tough out for the Ravens. I also think the Ravens have enough to keep up with them, so I'm going with the Buffalo Bills in that game. Although it hurts me because I am a y'all know I'm a Lamar Jackson stand, so it does hurt. Hurts me to have to do that, but I got the Buffalo Bills winning that game. Sunday matchups at 3.05 after you get your church and all your lunch in, whatever you do on your Sundays, your brunch, however you live your Sundays. Got Cleveland and Kansas City. Um, the Browns coming off their um, COVID week and victory after somehow taking that COVID-infested roster, um, skeleton of a roster to against Pittsburgh and getting that dub in what a very interesting and hilarious fashion that was who who pittsburgh uh the browns are a 10-point underdog in this game which seems like a lot but i think i said that a few times on our last show me and josh did with the wild card weekend and it turns out vegas was pretty much right about all those so i'm not inclined to say tell vegas that the line is too high I think the Browns are going to do enough to annoy the Chiefs, right? Because, I mean, they have the run. Like it was a never running game. Chiefs run defense is not that great. All that good stuff. Yeah, it sounds good. And we all fall in love with the upset, fall in love with these matchups, and the Browns just seem like a team that's, you know, could have, you know, just – they could be that that team that just gets through. Like one of those Giants teams, right? Once you got a man Giants team, just gets through, gets to the next round, and makes a run. Maybe. Uh, I'm not sure if they're going to do that. Uh, here's the thing. Andy Reid off of bye week – is one of the best coaches in the football if you look at his record. And in the playoffs, I don't think he's lost in the division round with a bye week like ever. I don't think he's ever lost what he's had about week in the division round. I don't think that's a thing he's done. So he has that on his side. I think the and the Chiefs just have enough. I think the Browns are going to be annoying. I think they're going to irritate them for probably about two and a half quarters. And then the Chiefs are going to start doing that Chiefs thing where they're going one of those runs. The Chiefs are the close thing to the Golden State Warriors, um, where they're just going to go on a run and there's nothing going to be able to do about it. And I think that's going to happen at some point. Kelsey's going to get crazy. Hill's going to get a couple of cases. Or Sammy Watkins. Sammy Watkins is there. They have so many weapons. Miko Hardman. Someone's going to someone's going to do something for the Chiefs. Someone's going to make a play, right? Um, the best hope for the Browns is to turn um, Mahomes over. And I don't think they're going to do that. Not enough to win this game. You turn him over once or twice, cool. But you got to keep the ball away from him. Because when he gets the ball, they're a threat to score every single time. I don't think the Browns are going to be able to hang with that. So I'm going to lean the Chiefs in this game. I think the Chiefs end up taking it kind of cleanly, but it'll be a struggle for about two two quarters, two and a half quarters. Um, or they come out here and just steamroll them, which you know would be kind of terrifying if they steamroll them. But funny, I like y'all know I like that. The Sunday night game we have the the OGs, the OGs of quarterbacking, Drew Brees and Tom Brady. Someone called this the Senior Bowl. Um, not to say names, many times, and I thought it was really funny, but. Um, so that's a thing. Um, Brady, Braves and Brady in the same division. The Bucks and the Tampa Bay. The Bucks, the Bucks and the Tampa Bay. The Tampa Bay Bucks and the New Orleans Saints. 
Woo. Um, so the Saints have beaten this Bucks team twice. Okay. They've beaten them twice. Pretty handily, too. Um, they turned them over a good bit. The matchups are bad. Mike Evans, um, Marshawn Lattimore is a Mike Evans stopper, which is so strange, but he just destroys Mike Evans like every single time they played. They Mike Evans, I think it's 72 plays they've lined up against each other. Mike Evans has six targets and zero catches in those situations. So Lat- I don't know what Lattimore does, but Lattimore does something. And he has done something to Mike Evans repeatedly. So that's one thing that's a very big problem for the for the Bucks. And the Saints defense is good, man. All across, like all every level. That is a good defense. The Bucks offensive offensive line has been good, but I don't know if they're good enough to stop the pass rush of the Saints. If you can't stop the pass rush, look, it's gonna be a long day. A very, very long day. I know some people are leaning towards the Bucks because of the fact that. I mean, and I get it. The Saints have beaten them twice. Beating a team three times is very difficult in the NFL. But having been, been an Eagles fan my whole life, seen it done, it sucks. It really sucks when it happens to your team. But it can happen to your team. Happened to my Philadelphia Eagles in 2009. It was Donovan McNabb's last game as the Philadelphia Eagle in the wild card game against the Dallas Cowboys. I seen it, been there, got the T-shirt. Well, there's no T-shirt for losers because we lost in the wild card round, didn't win our division. So I didn't get a T-shirt. But I've, you know, you know what I'm saying. I've seen it. I've seen it done. I know how it goes. So there's precedent here. I got the New Orleans Saints. So my official picks are Green Bay Packers, Buffalo Bills, Kansas City Chiefs, and New Orleans Saints. All right. A couple other things I wanted to hit. Um, So I don't know if you guys saw earlier this week, but apparently a lot of Dolphins players are not excited about this Tua Tungvaloa situation. Um. Some of the comments came out were pretty shocking and kind of you don't expect that to happen so candidly. Um, so Armando Salgaro, Miami Herald had a report, and some of the here's some lines about my the Miami office players um and Tua. Um said they were unimpressed with him during training camp, and some thought he wouldn't be ready to play in the season, uh the 2020 season. Because remember he had off that catastrophic injury um they had his final year at Alabama. They said they were caught totally off guard, as one put it, when two was named the start of the seventh game of the season. And I kind of get that because Ryan Fitzpatrick was he was kind of cooking. And I think this is one thing about this that I wanted to talk about. Like, I think it's the disconnect between being a fan and actually, you know, this is one disconnect between being a fan and a player, right? Being a fan of football for many years, many of you are fans of football, you know the Ryan Fitzpatrick story, right? It's a cool few weeks of the season, you name him the starter. It all comes crashing down. Men's been in league 13 years and then play a playoff game, right? Like it always comes crashing down with Ryan Fitzpatrick at some point, right? Like that's kind of how we all feel, right? As fans, this is kind of the story. But players don't think like that because they're actually players, they be on the field. I get it. I understand. So they were a lot of players was like, nah, we don't get this. Ryan Fitzpatrick should be the starter. There's not a lot, there's not a lot of confidence in Tua. And the thing with Tua is like. I think one of the comments they were saying how here we go. The players don't think uh, don't see a special trait in Tungavaloa's skill set besides the, beyond his accuracy. I mean, accuracy is kind of important. Shout out to Drew Brees, but whatever. Um, one player said one defense player said he isn't impressed with his ball velocity, our arm strength, our ability to make off schedule plays with his legs. So he wonders how uh, some of the things they wonder about is how two will match up against like the Josh Allen's, the Mahomes, and the Sean Watsons. They said those are the boys we got to beat. And it's still like it's gonna be a challenge. Um, 
I hear it. I I understand where they're coming from with that. Will Tua be a Deshaun Watson, Mahomes, or a Josh Allen? I don't know. I didn't know Josh Allen was going to be Josh Allen. None of us knew Josh, Josh Allen could be this Josh Allen until this year. This is the first time he's ever done it. It is entire career. Like, not just like, and I'll say entire career. I don't mean his NFL career. I mean high school, college. He's never completed. This is the first time he's completed over like 60% of his passes in his life. We didn't know he could do this. He's just figured it out. And for me with Tua, it's like, I had doubts about Tua coming into the league in general because it's just the way these colleges are set up now where you have everything, right? If you're at a five-star school or one of these powerhouses like Alabama, like a Clemson, you have pretty much everything you need as a quarterback, right? You just have to go in there and just be really – just be solid and everything around you is going to work because you have receivers running down the field everywhere being open because you have all the talent in the world. So I always have a few questions I want to see when, when the talent pool isn't as skewed in their favor, right? Um. And that was one thing that I had with Tua. But for me, this year specifically, I didn't expect to see Tua on the field this year because that injury, I mean, he basically broke his hip, guys. So I didn't expect him to look that good this year. So when I'm looking, when I'm watching him play this year, I'm I have a different level of patience. For one, for one, I don't think we need to expect our rookies to come out here and dominate like Herbert did, like um Mahomes did when he got a start. Like a lot of these guys looked early on in their careers, right? I don't expect that from a quarterback burrow joe burrow earlier before he took his injury i don't expect guys to look that good coming into the league but um i lost my train of, i was my train of thought i'm sorry uh solo not the experts um i don't expect guys yeah i don't expect guys to look that great when they come into the league and with two i didn't expect him to look anything like anything because he was coming off a terrible injury his arm strength probably isn't there yet you know, his last probably isn't going to be there. His making plays with his legs probably isn't there because he broke his hip last year. Will he? How much will he recover from that? I don't know. I'm not sure about that. But I do think he deserves a chance to try, like a chance with a full offseason. Like he had no preseason this year, no real training camps. It was just strange, man. And it was a lot. He rehabbing most of the time, like going through the rehab process. This was a very strange year to come in and try and start coming off an injury like that. So I think he deserves – I think he's just got to give him more time, be more patient. Maybe he does turn into a great quarterback, you know? And Miami still has some moves to make to become an even better team. I think what they did this year was very impressive, but they still have some areas they can address and become an even better French, even better team. So I would just preach patience, man. I trust Brian Flores. I think I think the Dolphins should too. Easy for me to say it from all the way over here, not um, as actually a player on the team where, you know, patience might not be a thing because the NFL – I understand that, but I just, I personally think you got to give Tua a full off season, more time to get his legs back under him. Cause he started less than a year after he broke his hip, man. Like you got to give him more time. That's my spiel on that. Now back to the, now the last thing I'm getting to is the coaching carousel, man. Um, they really don't hire Eric B me, huh? That's just not going to be a thing that's going to happen. I, I don't get it. I don't know what, more he has to do it seemed like he was the hot coaching candidate for a long time and then suddenly when it came time to actually get when it came down to the get to the get to suddenly all these excuses came up about how oh he hasn't done this he hasn't done that i don't know i don't know if we can trust him you know he doesn't go plays blah 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 blah. all that good stuff all the usual narratives that come out um it's it's very irritating so but we won't go into that full spiel today let's talk about the people who have gotten jobs um Arthur Smith, the Tennessee Titans offensive coordinator, has taken the Atlanta Falcons job. I mean, I guess, right? <laughs> like, okay. 
okay. You got the dude from the Titans who's been offense coordinator for two years. All right. Um, I didn't think the Titans offense is anything. I mean, it's cool, right? It's not something I would feel like making somebody a head coach out of. Uh, I, I don't see that too much, but, you know, whatever. Maybe, I mean, maybe you know the interview. Cool. All right. Sounds good. Good luck with that, Atlanta. Um, I mean, you, you may sense they had a defense coordinator last time in Dan Quinn, so they went the opposite direction with the offensive coordinator. Okay. Also, I don't think they have their GM. Oh, yeah, they did hire a G. They're technically hiring a GM, but they can't bring him in yet. So I guess maybe because they're hiring a guy from the Saints for GM, which um, they can't technically bring him in yet because the Saints are still in the playoffs. So maybe he co-signed it. I don't know. Um, uh, the Let's see. Brian Dayball is a favorite for the San, for the oh I'm saying San Diego I will call them the San Diego Chargers for forever and my children will be like Daddy why are you saying San Diego and I've told them the story about the San Diego Chargers were a franchise before it's stupid why they move why did they move um, Brian Dayball is a favorite for the Chargers job and that's that sounds good um, I think with that team he'll be all right I still Dayball's rise has been kind of confusing to me because I wasn't fully thrilled with him at Alabama. I wasn't fully impressed with him in Buffalo until suddenly, you know, I do have questions because Josh Allen has improved, but some of the work Josh Allen put in wasn't necessarily around Dayball, right? Like Josh Allen put in some work to improve accuracy. I don't think that, I don't think Dayball was fully involved in that process. I think that was just something Allen did on his own. And I mean, a man fixing a player athlete like Josh Allen fixing his accuracy, which was his one giant glaring hole. I don't know how much um, I need to put on the coordinator for that, but maybe they ball be all right. I mean, the Chargers, I feel like no matter what, the Chargers are destined to, to fail. They are the West Coast Falcons. So, like, no matter what they do, no matter who they hire, they will find a way to fail because they are the they are the Los Angeles Chargers. They are the Chargers organization. There is failure in their DNA. It is, it is embedded in both of their stadiums, from Qualcomm to the whatever the one in L.A. is. I forgot his name. I'm sorry. I apologize. Whatever his name is, there is failure embedded into that franchise. It is embedded in the lightning bolt. The lightning bolt has failure in it. You can't see it, but it's there. They are a failing franchise. Failures, failures, failures. But good luck, Brian Dayball. Wish you wish you the best, bro. Now, um, you see I've named a couple teams here. You know, one team that doesn't have a head coach or a defense coordinator or an offense coordinator or any coach, the good old Philadelphia Eagles. Yes, yes, yes. Apparently, we're interviewing everybody under the sun for these jobs. Everybody. Trying to interview Kellen Moore, which, okay, I don't think Dallas is going to let him have him because that is Arthur, um, Arthur Jerry Jones' uh, golden child. I don't think he's going to allow Kellen Moore to interview with the Eagles. Also, I'm not in a place where I want anyone from the Cowboys. Yes, I am that petty. I don't want any of their coaches. I don't care how good they are. I do not want a current Cowboys head coach. Now, on the defensive side of the ball, Wade Phillips announced he is coming out of retirement and i will gladly take him as defense coordinator since jim, my man jim schwartz second year off uh, i'm saying my man jim schwartz y'all know whatever i'm gonna claim it uh, so i will gladly gladly take give me some wade phillips please wade phillips is a great defense coordinator a great defense coordinator i will gladly take that and we need something to counter the fact that dan quinn is now the dc in dallas so we got to get something in there to deal with that because that is that is a problem that is a problem. And I know when what how what I'm sorry, Jeffrey Jeffrey Lewis referred to as a adjustment, a transitional period. 
which means we're going to be terrible next year. Probably four wins again, maybe maybe three. I don't know. So uh, we we got to get it right. The Philadelphia Eagles have to get it right. The enemy is out there. I don't know if they're going to hire another Andy Reid coaching guy. I don't know if Andy Reid coaching guy would go there after this. But also, if your options are, here are the Texans. I mean, Texans are a dumpster fire, right? We're not. We, the Texans are a dumpster fire. We are just a little trash can, like a little cylinder trash can on fire. We're not like the whole dumpster. The Texans are the whole dumpster. Andre Johnson hasn't tweeted anything that wasn't a sponsorship for two years, and he came out talking about trash the Texans organization is. That is a dumpster fire. We are just a little small fire. like We're like a little grease fire, right? Like a, Just a tiny controlled grease fire that you can put out if you got the right fire extinguisher. So I think we're a good job. Um, we're a decent job, I should say. I don't know. I don't know. But the Eagles, um, I'm watching them very closely, so you'll have a podcast on that, whether I enjoy or don't enjoy the hire. Like I said, shout out to the coaches who got jobs. Um, wish you the best. And this is another thing with coaching hires, right? We do all this analysis of them and breakdowns. And in reality, most coaching jobs secretly, like 90% of the coaches who get hired, probably going to get fired, right? Because I'll even say 95%. Because the only way in football to make it, you either retire, you either get to retire with your franchise, you, re- you retire, resign, or you get fired. Those are your three options, all right? Most people fall into the first two categories, retired, resigned, or it's fired or resigned. That is it. All right. Very few get into the retired category. The retired category is very like the Bill Belichick's, the Andy Reid's. It's two of those guys, two of them. And low-key, low-key with the uh, Bill might, Bill might get run out of there. Bill might get, Bill might get run out of there. Oh, no, Crabfields. Mm, you know, watch that. But there are only a couple guys in sports in general, who are like in a space where they'll be able to retire whenever they want, right? Very, very few. It's a very, very, very small list of those type of player, type of coaches. So we do all this talk about coaching hires and we just got to remember that aspect of it, right? Ooh, I'm sorry. I almost forgot the big coaching hire. Urban Meyer took the, is taking the Jacksonville Jaguars job, apparently. And um, I think the real question is how many years does Urban stay before his health problems uh, resurface right that's that's what we all want to know the answer to how many how many years are we going to be here in the urban meyer experience before that you know goes south like everything else every other coaching job he's had before he you know leaves there it does make the number one pick a little interesting because maybe he does go fields because he did recruit justin fields um i'm someone who's high on fields i don't see I see a very good player in Justin Fields people don't whatever I don't care I'm not here to argue about it I see I think Justin Fields can be a very good player but I don't know if you don't take Trevor Lawrence the Jaguars are in a really good spot to have the number one pick on top of 70 70 million dollars in cap space that is a very big deal and a very good place to be in and I I like it for them um Jacksonville was good that year Jacksonville was good it was kind of fun you know it was a new rising team and I do think Urban Meyer, I mean, no one can deny how good of a coach he is, how he translates to the NFL. We'll see. I am not someone who is sold on NFL coaches and co- college coaches coming to the NFL. I think it's too big a difference for a lot of those guys, and they, they're not capable of adjusting. But um, They're not ca- very capable of adjusting, especially the good coaches, which is why Cliff Kingsbury doesn't qualify for this. Um, I, the adjustment period is very difficult, and a lot of them can't do it. 
Saban struggled. I mean, I know what we say about Saban, if he got Drew Brees and not Culpepper, it could be different. And maybe it would be. But also maybe Saban just didn't like the fact that he was in the NFL and didn't have as much control as he likes to have, right? He's a bit of a control freak. No knock, but that's consequences are control freaks. That's what they are. It's what they're bred to be, basically. So I don't know how good he'll do. We will see, though. I hope that contract isn't, you know, John Gruden-esque, because if it is, whoo, they're going to be on money for a long, long, long time. Wish y'all the best. The last thing, um, Doug Peterson has talked to the Seahawks about the offensive coordinator job. Good spot for him. Wish him the best. Bye, Doug. That's all I'd say on that. So, yeah, that's going to wrap this up. Thank you for listening or watching. If I put this on video, I don't know if I'm going to do that. Thank you for listening, watching, paying attention. Uh, enjoy the playoff games today. We will be back in our in studio Tuesday for the live show to react to everything the hell goes on this weekend. So see you Tuesday. See you on the podcast later this week. Follow us on the socials at NTE Podcast everywhere. Follow the podcast podcast, not the experts, on all your podcast apps, Spotify, all that. We everywhere, baby. We all over the place, baby. Come on. Give us a follow. Comment, share, subscribe, tell your friends, tell a friend to tell a friend. Thank you. I'm out.